The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Thursday, April 14th, 2022, and normally this would be a heck of a morning, but it's a heck of an afternoon here on MMA Fighting's Twitter spaces, and if you are not able to make it live, the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, I am Mike Heck, hope you're all having a fantastic week. Technically, I am on vacation right now, I have the week off, but I wasn't going to leave you guys hanging, I didn't... You can't just start a show and then just stop it because you're on vacation, you're covering events, you just got to make this thing happen. So happy to be here. We're going to go for about 40 minutes today. I don't know. It all depends on what you guys are up to. I see some big time celebs joining us right now. A couple of the big prospects in the UFC. Adrian Yanez is here. Jeff Molina is here. A lot to be excited about. It It is Thursday. We're still sort of feeling the... The hangover effects of UFC 273 this past Saturday in Jacksonville. What an event it was. We've talked a lot about Hamzat Shemaev and his incredible fight with Gilbert Burns, just an all-time classic, and people saying that Shemaev's stock has somehow dropped after that performance. And if you want to make the argument that maybe slightly his invincibility factor may have dropped, sure. But I think we kind of talked about that enough. What we really haven't talked about is the greatness of Alexander Volkanovsky, but what I think has been a really cool after effect of UFC 273 is this sort of venomous comeback tour, this I told you so tour from the undisputed UFC Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling. And I got to say, some people don't like what he's doing. I absolutely love it. I love it. 
I love how he's just calling everybody out, taking everybody to task. If you doubted him, if you picked against him, if you said he was going to get rolled over by Piotr Jan, he's calling you to task on it. He's calling everybody out, quote tweeting everybody, setting up apology letters that he already filled out for you. You just got to sign and check off the box. But I am, I mean, I am loving it. Nobody is safe. He's just rolling over Jonathan Coachman, the big John McCarthy's of the world, the Josh Thompson's of the world. It's just running them all over. And I can't say I'm mad at it. I love it. Absolutely love everything Aljamain Sterling's doing. So we'll see where he goes from here. Is he going to fight TJ Dillashaw? Is he going to fight Jose Aldo? Are the UFC going to do what I want them to do and book Aldo versus Dillashaw, number one contender fight, winner fights Aljamain for the title? Then what do you do with Pierre Young? Do you match him up with Murad Really, I I would kind of like to see that. But we'll see what happens. A lot going on, of course, this weekend. The UFC is back. Another card. It's going to be a tough one to match, if we're being honest. It's going to be tough to outdo UFC 273, but they're going to give it the old college try. The welterweight division will take the marquee as Vicente Luque will look to continue his reign of terror against the surging Bilal Muhammad. Big fights. Big fight right there. Stakes are pretty high. I don't know if either one of those guys leapfrog Shemaev or even leapfrogs Gilbert Burns or anybody at that point. I mean, they're probably just fighting to cement their place in this division, but you have to imagine that if Vicente Luque wins and does so impressively, he's probably closer to a title shot than Bilal. No disrespect to Bilal Muhammad. I just feel like Vicente Luque is just the way he's doing it, the finishes he's getting, the just the pure dominance, the violence that that man is putting out there. I mean, it's just, the dude's just rolling, but props to Bilal Muhammad as well. Card is, uh, it's not too shabby. Not too shabby, but again, I think we're going to be feeling the effects of UFC 273 and everything that happened there because that was such a memorable event. And then, of course, we got Bellator 277, I believe, going down this Saturday as well. The rematch for the Bellator featherweight title between AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull. Interesting card there. That's a big fight. But again, and I say this about Bellator all the time, I love Bellator. I love the people who work there. They have a really good roster. But no one is talking about this. The card is being poorly promoted, if we're being honest. But it's actually happening this Saturday in San Jose. Oh, actually, it's tomorrow. What am I talking about? See? You see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm talking about? It's actually tomorrow in San Jose. Bellator 277. I'm on vacation. My days are all mixed up. But we got McKee, Pitbull 2. We got Vadim Nemkov taking on Corey Anderson. The finals of the light heavyweight Grand Prix title on the line. Aaron Pico is back against Adley Edwards. Timothy Johnson, Linton Vassell, Tyrell Fortune, Raheem Cleveland. And a lot of other fights on this card. But I wish Bellator did a better job promoting this one. But we're going to open up the lines to you guys. Whatever you want to talk about. Jump on in. We'll make it happen. I know Dana Spite was up, was there. So if you want to talk about Aljamain Sterling's victory lap, well-deserved victory lap, we can talk about that. You want to talk about Bellator, we can talk about Bellator. You want to talk about Luke Muhammad, we can talk about Luke Muhammad. Whatever you want to talk about, lines are open. Raise your hand, and we'll get after it. And we'll begin things with Dax. Dax, what's up, man? Hey, Mike. Um, so I was wondering how your – pound for pound list works because i i haven't had uzma at the top ever you know it's been on asanya but does volk 
sort of jump either of them. You know, obviously we got top three, maybe four with Nganu, maybe. But where's Volk at with, you know, especially a great dominant finish? Uh, thank you very much. My wife's phone is ringing in the background, so pardon me for that. Let me pull up my rankings from the only rankings that truly matter, the MMA Fighting Global Rankings. Hang tight for one moment, and let's see where I have Mr. Volkanovsky. So heading into that fight, my top five pound-for-pound pound MMA Fighting's Global Rankings, Usman, Francis Ngannou, Israel Adesanya, Volkanovsky, Oliveira. So I had Volkanovsky at number four. Uh, does anybody have Volkanovsky ranked higher than that? We have one, one rankings panelist who has Volkanovsky at three. But I will say I probably will have Volkanovsky above four come the first week of May. So like last week of April, we will go through the rankings. We will redo them, go through the pound for pound. I don't think Volkanovski is going to jump to number one, but he has a co- there's a conversation to be had for it. And even having Volk at number four heading into this fight, I thought about it and I was kind of like, I felt like I was right some days. Other days I felt like I wasn't right, that maybe he should have been higher. But I'm pretty confident. I mean, I'll have to wait for a couple of weeks before we actually sit down and I actually go through these rankings. But I'm pretty confident to say that Volkanovski will not be number four come May in my pound-for-pound rankings. He will probably be three. Maybe he'll be two. I don't think he'll leapfrog Usman just yet. But if he goes out there and gets another win, maybe before Usman does, there's a conversation to be had. But he's good. He's real good. I've been very high on Volkanovski for a while. I felt like he hasn't gotten the respect that he's deserved for quite a while. I feel like that respect is starting to come. I feel like the Ortega fight was a good start for the respect tour. I feel like this performance against zombie, this near perfect game that he pitched. I feel like that did him a lot of favors. So he's four my pound for pound now, but he won't be after, after the first week in may, he will be a little bit higher. Let's bring in Christopher. Lots to talk about here. Christopher, how are yeah, you? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. What's yeah, up? So I guess my question for this, for this episode is, um, I'm I'm really 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 high on Vadim Nemkov. Have been following him since he was in Rising. Um, where do you have him in your kind of in, in your light in your light heavyweight rankings? Because for me, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. He's at the very least top three in my opinion in terms of quality. Um, so I'm just wondering where where do you have Vadim Nemkov and how do you see the fight against Corey Anderson going? Great question. That is a fantastic fight on this card that is being kind of poorly promoted, if we're being honest. Uh, I have my pound-for-pound rankings over. Nemkov is in my top 20. I am at number 19. But you could probably make a strong case that he should be higher than that. Uh, I have I have Nemkov number four in my light heavyweight rankings. I have Glover Teixeira, Yuri Prohashka, Jan Blachowicz, Vadim Nemkov, and then Corey Anderson right behind him. But Nemkov could be above Lahovich, that's for sure. I don't know if he's above Prohaska just yet, but if he goes out there and just rolls Corey Anderson, it makes a compelling case. And vice versa, if Corey Anderson goes out there and, and puts it on Vadim Nemkov, wins the Grand Prix, wins that title, wins a million dollars, he probably moves out above the top five as well. He'll definitely be number four at the very least because Nemkov's the spot above him. But then I have Ankalaev, Rakic, Phil Davis, 
Anthony Smith at nine, Dom Reyes at 10, Paul Craig at 11, Santos 12, Jamal Hill 13, Shoeface 14, Ryan Bader 15. So rankings could change quite a bit uh, once we get to the end of the month. But this Bellator card is pretty, I mean, it's pretty solid. I mean, you got great main events, you got a tremendous co-main event. I got to pull up the odds here because I'm curious to see what the odds look like. Because again, we're in a position where this card is just has not been promoted the way that I would hope. So AJ McKee is a minus 265 favorite. Comeback on Pitbull is plus 215, according to our friends at DraftKings. But Dean Memkoff, minus 150 favorite. Comeback on Corey Anderson, plus 130. How did that line open? Eh, minus 160. Now it's minus 150. So not a ton of movement, but that's good. That's that's what you want, these betting lines. You want money coming in on both sides. Slight lean on Anderson in terms of the money. And what else we got here? Aaron Pico, obviously a minus 1,000 favorite over Adley Edwards. Aaron Pico is starting to fight like the Aaron Pico that we all hoped to see when he first came in. He's just running through guys, just dominant wins. Justin Gonzalez, the last guy he fought, is a super tough guy, a really good prospect, and he just kind of ran him over. I mean, Justin's a tough guy, but Pico basically had his way with him. You could have make an argument for a 30-26 in that fight. He looked fantastic. Linton Vassell, Timothy Johnson. Vassell's a slight favorite, minus 130. Uh, Gaston Bellinos, minus 365. Daniel Carey, plus 280. And then we got some, some decent prospects on this card. Well, I mean, we, we have a couple of, like, minus 800s. <laughs> Bobby Sorodio the third, minus 800. Theo Hag, minus 720. Laird Anderson, minus 510. So, I mean, you're getting the typical Bellator sort of prospects you try to build them up a little bit but they're still massive favorites but man i, I kind of wish you still had that aaron pico jeremy kennedy fight because i really like that one that was a doozy let's bring in our old friend loctagon loctagon what's up hello Speak, I good afternoon mike it sure is how's it going good so uh last time i asked you about Drickus, i am big into the uh, south african scene as a native myself and I was just wondering, is there anyone else besides Drickus, Don Madge, Pumi and Kuda, who you can see taking over from South Africa? Ah, you're asking me the, the million dollar question here. Uh, I have to I have to be honest, full disclosure. Not not my like not my region of the world that that I'm paying tremendous close to um i mean there's some decent i mean i i think those are probably the one a one b imagine drickus i mean drickus is really good i mean imagine if we got him on that car we were so close to getting him and calvin gasolm on this car we were so close to getting him and chris curtis on this car we were so close to getting him and anthony hernandez on that car which that fight actually looks really interesting right now if you look at it if the ufc went back to that well and tried to book it i'd be all in on seeing Anthony Hernandez get that test because when Hernandez comes in as a, as a dog, he comes in and he, and he fires. So that fight with Josh front was great. Josh is a really good prospect as well, but yeah, I think you're looking at the two best right now, but maybe, maybe the contender series, maybe we see some, some up and comers coming through. I don't know. We'll see. But I think those are the two guys and Don Madge, obviously you'll be fighting for the PFL and I'm excited for that. I mean, talk about the celebs coming in. 
Sean El Shadi joining us. What an honor and a privilege. Hello, sir. I'm, I'm so glad. I, I'm, I'm a West Coast guy, so I'm always waking up and he's hearing it. I'm going to listen to this back, so it's so good to finally participate, my man. What's going on? Not much. Uh, you got an afternoon. You got a little lucky. I played a little golf with my father. Then it got rained out 11 holes in, and now I'm back here in a room talking to you. So it's a great what day. What was the best hole on the course? You get any birds? No birds. Uh, I shot 42 in the front. I was playing really well. Uh, then I got a bogey, and then I hit my tee shot on 11 into the sand trap, and then we it just downpoured, and everybody quit. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I'm, I'm Arab. I live in the sand when I golf. Like I can't, I can't miss it. It's, it's just, I find it every time. So I feel like that. So I'm sure you, I'm sure you've already hit it a little bit, but Bellator versus UFC this weekend. I'll just start off there. Best, best card, but gotta be Bellator, right? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a no brainer, but I think, I think the, I think more eyeballs are probably on the UFC because not that the UFC has done a tremendous job like putting this card in front of our faces, but I think they've done a better job than Bellator has. So I think top to bottom, if we're looking at fight for fight, Bellator has the better card, but I think more people will probably pay attention to the UFC card, which is kind of sad if we're being honest. See, that's I, I agree with you, and I wonder, is that an indictment of the way that Bellator has sort of handled this thing with AJ McKee over the last year, right? Because like objectively, that's the best fight of the weekend, I think most of us would agree, like him versus Pitbull. But if you look at like the last, I don't know, what is it, like eight, 10 months since he beat Pitbull in July, like that felt like the layup of all layups. You, That guy is your homegrown star. You built him up from the ground up. He finally conquers, you know, this greatest Bellator fighter of all time, does it with ease. You put that guy on the daytime talk show circuit, you, you give him, put every microphone possible in front of his face, and then you give him a fight a few months later and you keep this momentum going. And it feels like they did the wrong thing in every possible way. And like, he's almost forgotten now this week. Like it is bizarre how, how much people are sleeping on a guy that might be the best non UFC fighter in the world. hundred percent agree. In fact, I thought the card was Saturday. That's how badly they promoted this. I started off the show saying, Oh, we get two events on Saturday. And then I just looked, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's tomorrow. So that goes to show you how much they've really promoted this card. But yeah, that's the biggest fight of the weekend. And the best fight of the weekend is probably the co-main events between Nemkov and Corey Anderson. But again, I mean, I cover the sport for a living and I still thought the card was on Saturday. So that just goes to show you, but I completely agree with you. Asia McKee should have been on good morning America. He should have been on all those shows after he won the title and the biggest piece of business that he got where a camera was upon him or the aftermath of some incident happened was the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley rematch when him and him and his team almost got in a fight with Diaz and their team. That was like the most we saw AJ McKee since he won the title and it wasn't even a Bellator thing. It's just, it's just nuts. It's the crazy. way they're handling this whole thing, man. It's crazy. He was a ghost. He's been a ghost for the last like year. Like the, and just the way that we ended up with, right? Like, like I, I love this fight. The Pitbull fight is a great fight. But the fact that we're running it back at 45 when it was right there, it was set up last July, right? Like he he beats Pitbull at 45, does so with these. Pitbull's already the, the lightweight champion as well. Move up, challenge for that second belt in the rematch. Like that's such a fascinating dynamic. Like when have we seen something like that where one guy beats the, per, the, the champion and then he moves up and fights the same guy 10 pounds heavier for a different belt? all the different questions that would come into that, like that would have been so insanely compelling. Like, where do you feel? Are you, are you happy with where, how we've ended up here with this rematch at featherweight? 
I appreciate you, my man. Am I happy? I mean, I guess, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel unfulfilled with the build and everything. They, they should have just ran this back at 155. Too much time had passed. So Pitbull was like, eh, I'm just going to give my brother the chance to, to win the title. And I guess maybe Bellator's thinking, but wait, maybe we get it. If, he, if Patricio can't do it, maybe Patricky can stop the McKee train, which probably not. I mean, Patricio has proven to be the better, more complete fighter, for being honest. So, I mean, you have some sort of story there, but Bell, I mean, I've talked about this a million times. Bellator dropped the ball. Adrian McKee should have been on the desk with Amanda Guerra every single event, put that man over, put that man on the camera, and just put him over as a star. Put him over as a star. He should be at every single event. Like, instead of, like, he should have been at the Academy Awards, should have been at the Grammys. Like, that man should be red carpeting everywhere. He's your star. And now you got him going on. Different shows, you got them going to the MA hour saying, you pay me a million dollars a fight and I'll stay with Bellator. What if you just gave him the red carpet treatment after you won the title? You might not have gotten that coming out of his mouth. So I don't know if he's long for Bellator. or I don't know if Bellator's long for him is probably the, the more appropriate statement. So let's move on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just awful. It's, it's just really awful the way they're dropping the ball here. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's bring in Noah, NP. Mike. What's up, Mike NP? Heck, what's going on? So um, I have two questions and a hot take for you. 
So the first yeah. question is, I'm going to my first Bellator show at the Mohegan Sun for the Musasi fight. And I've already been to UFC 268 at the Garden. So I kind of want to see if you could like break down the differences in experience between going to a UFC show versus a Bellator show. That's question number one. Um, okay. Question number two, for Bellator's card this Saturday, what's your low-key banger of the week? Because mine is Crutchmer versus Lombardo. Lombardo looked great at the PFL show, and Crutchmer's been killing it in Bellator. So very excited for that one. And then the hot take, there's only one person at 170 that can beat um, that can beat Chimaev, and his name is Vicente Luque. Also, shout out to Adrian Yanez. I see you in the chat. What up? <laughs> I appreciate you, MP. I mean that. I don't know how hot of a take. I mean it's a, it's it's a little spicy, but it's a listen. Vicente Luque might be the most underrated guy in the UFC right now. I mean the violence that that man puts forth on a every time he fights, it's it's just incredible. It's really incredible. And yeah, he. That's what happens sometimes when you have these sneaky good guys that are flying under the radar. I know Sean is a huge Vicente Luque advocate, and many should be. He's that good. So, yeah, we'll see how he would do. I mean, what would happen if Shamayev took him down and just got on top of him with that big, huge, massive body of his? We would see. But knowing Shamayev and knowing what we saw against Gilbert Burns, probably want to go in there and just sling hands with Vicente Luque just to just to test it out and see how it would go. But Maybe not the best strategy, but I'm, I'm very interested to see what Shamayev looks like in his next fight, whether it's against the winner of this fight on Saturday or Colby or however the UFC moves forward. I'm with you on the low-key banger for this Bellator card. I think uh, Crutchwell Lombardo is, is probably the correct answer. I want to see where the where the betting lines are. I'm sure Crutchmer is pretty set. Eh, minus 260 for a Crutchmer fight that's, that's not as big as he usually is. So, yeah, that's probably the low-key banger on this card. And then in terms of just the viewing experience from going to a, from a Bellator to a UFC, I don't know. Mohegan's interesting because they will do their best to put on – they'll put a lot, of, a lot of New England fighters on that card, and they'll put them on early. So you might see, just depending on how ticket sales go, you might see the place pretty full real quick. Because they like to, I mean, it's it's a ticket selling business, so they put their popular, try to get as many popular local fighters on the card, so they can sell tickets and fill it up and try to generate some buzz for the rest of the card. But the prelims just go so fast; it just goes boom, 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 boom. Fights over. There's a post fight interview. By the time they're walking back up into the back, they're already bringing the next guy out, and then they're bringing the next guy out. So the prelims go really quick. Sometimes they go a little too quick. So you're sitting there, and you, you you notice this watching the broadcast too. Sometimes you'll sit there, and there'll be like 40 minutes between the last prelim fight and the first fight on the main card. And it's probably better being there live because you can go stretch your legs and use the restroom or go get another beer or whatever. But when you have the viewing experience and you're watching it, you have to look at you have, you have to look at at uh, Josh Thompson and listen to his analytics for 45 minutes and that's that's just a tough a tough ask for being honest so uh but yeah have fun and you get gagar Musasi in the card which will be super fun let's get mikey bats in here are you there mikey bats mikey are you there
All right. We'll try that again. Let's bring in our man, Zeke. We know it's not a Twitter spaces unless Zeke shows up. Zeke, what's up? Mike, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, How are you? What a heck of an afternoon we're having. Uh, You know, I usually, I I get stumbled by his 8 a.m. start, so I missed Monday. So I got to start off my reaction immediately from 273. Then I got to ask you a a Bellator question and then a personal question. I want to know what's going on down there. It looks like you're having some fun down there in the Carolinas. But uh, first things first, I'm so hurt. I thought Dana White was just blowing smoke up of everybody's butts. I thought that uh, this Hamza Chimaya versus Kobe Covington matchup was – you know, a lose-lose situation for kind of the both of them. And now it looks like we're going to have my worst nightmare because Kobe's probably my heart's favorite fighter and Hamzat's easily my mind's favorite fighter. With that being said, I think he has the, you know, highest uh, potential currently right now as a prospect in the UFC. Uh, what is your thought process when this does get pen to paper? Is it going to be ABC? Is it going to be fight week? Is it going to be later than that? Could it even be a December pay-per-view? When do you think we will see this matchup? Uh, yeah, I argue, you made a, a really good comment before that I want to comment on. Corey Silva, uh, Corey Anderson and Nemkov is easily the banger of the weekend in my eyes. I've been repping New Jersey and Mark Henry for a while. I absolutely love when Corey Anderson goes in there and bangs with the big boys. With that being said, he really doesn't have much to lose right now. Obviously, Nemkov is the favorite at the moment. Uh, but when Corey goes out there and has fun, it's, it's dangerous. This is going to be a real, real, uh, you know, slasher of a matchup at heavyweight uh, at light heavyweight and uh i agree with you i think bellator is doing a horrible job of promoting this card uh and then lastly sightseeing one day golf and the next day what's uh what else is going on with the heck adventure down there i hope you're enjoying your uh vacation shout out emily fighting shout out andre uh adrian yanez in the crowd and uh yeah thank you guys for having me thank you zeke always a pleasure yeah i think if the ufc had their druthers you do that on ABC, five-round fight, sometime this summer. If they do it in July, great. I mean, just let's just build July up. Make it a massive month. You got an international fight, we kicking things off. If you want to do an ABC card, that is a gigantic fight to do it on ABC. Shamaya versus Colby. Five rounds. You got to see what Shamaya could do in a five-round fight. And I'm curious to see how that would go if Colby can sort of weather the early storm. This fight gets midway through the third round and on. How will Colby cope? Does he still get enough energy? Does does he kind of figure out the the size discrepancy? Because Shemaev is a like I've said many times, seeing Hamza Shemaev in person is a he's a giant man. He's humongous. I don't know how he makes one seventy. Literally, have no idea how he makes one seventy. He's just so much bigger than a welterweight, but he he does it. It'll be curious to see how Colby handles the first couple rounds. His chin has proven to be quite strong, but what's going to happen when he's when he's getting hit with those hammers early on. Cause you know, Shemayev's going to go in there and try to get him out of there early, but if he can't, what's going to happen down the stretch once you get in those championship rounds, because if Colby can start get landing takedowns late, boy, that's going to be inter- an interesting fight because he could frustrate just about anybody in there. That's why he's the second best welterweight in the world. Shemayev included. Uh, the Bellator. Yeah. I mean, again, the Bellator card, not tremendous. Uh, Corey Anderson. I don't know if I agree with Corey Anderson. There's nothing to lose here. I think he has a lot to lose, if we're being honest, because he's been waiting for this. He's been waiting for a title shot. He waited for it in the UFC. Didn't come. So he had to go through this entire Grand Prix to get there. And he's beat some good competition. In a lot of people's minds, we had a caller earlier who believed that Vadim Nemkov might be, in his eyes, the best light heavyweight in the world. And 
Corey's talked a lot of crap, but I will say this. I am enjoying this new version of Corey Anderson. This Corey Anderson that just doesn't give a crap anymore. He's not going to do any extra media. He's just going to live life, hang out with his family. When it comes to fight week, he's just going to do what's required of him. And he's just going to go in there and have fun. And he's obviously become a great fighter because of that. He's looked fantastic since he's gone over to Bellator. His last couple of performances have been great. So you can't fault the man for wanting to spend time with his family and trying to take the negativity that the sport can bring out of the equation. He's just having fun. Just having fun. He's cashing checks. And now he has the chance on Friday night or tomorrow night to become a world champion and defeat a guy who many consider to be a top three 205er in the world. I love the fight. I think it's the most intriguing matchup of the weekend. Obviously, Pitbull... McKee too is the biggest fight depending on who you ask. But I think like the most interesting fight in terms of how it plays out is going to be that light heavyweight fight. It's just, it's just a really interesting fight. And if Corey Anderson goes out there and just steamrolls Vadim Nemkov, like he did to Ryan Bader, we're going to have to have a conversation on the ranking show come the first week of May on where Corey Anderson sits at two Oh five, where he sits in the pound for pound discussion. I have Nemkov number 19, but Corey Anderson will make that list if, if he wins this fight. And then in terms of what I'm doing on vacation, just basically I'm, I'm right back a week and a half later where I started my Jacksonville fight week. Drove out to my parents' house. My wife and my son were with me this time. Went out, woke up, played some golf this morning, came back, hopped in the pool. My kid's out there. He's like a little fish. And we're just living the Florida life. That's why I'm in such a good mood. So let's get Mikey Bats. Let's see if we can make this work this time. Mikey. Mikey, you're there. What's happening? I can hear reverb. I know you're on. All right, Mikey. You can try again. If we can get you back on, Mikey, try again. We'll make it happen. By the way, for those wondering, I know I said we're going to do a live BTL this week. Not going to happen. Too much going on. Uh, Jed Mishu and I are going to record a roundtable edition. We're just going to hit record, shoot the breeze, recap 273, talk about this weekend. We'll make it happen. Uh, So that'll be up not long after this. Come on, Mikey. Mikey. Did we do it this time? Oh, man. Mikey, you just trolling me, buddy? I'm have to get Adrian Yanez in here to save the day. Adrian, get in here. Mikey, you just laughing at me? What's going on? For the love of God. Adrian, come on. Let's get you in here. Unless you're driving, then don't do anything that will get you in a car accident. We don't want that to happen. Is Adrian got a fight lined up? Ah, oh, there he is. There he is. Let's bring Adrian Yanez in here, one of the bright prospects at 135 pounds in the UFC. Adrian Yanez, make sure you unmute, my man. How's it going? Oh, okay, yeah. I was like, what's going on? But hey, what's up, guys? Thank, <laughs> thank you for all the shout-outs, bro. Brothers, man, thank you. That 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 felt awesome. I was like, oh, nice. I'm getting called a celebrity. This feels good. <laughs> How's it going, yeah, man? Everything's going great. Living, loving life, man. Everything's phenomenal. I love it. That's what we like to see. So 
What's going on with you? Uh, we haven't heard any fight news, at least to my knowledge. Do we have? Uh, when are we looking to get back in there? Because you are a very popular uh, selection on our matchmaking show. On to the next. Man, one. I've been waiting to hear something back. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Uh, I've been asking for about. <laughs> I know I probably shouldn't be saying it, but I've been asking for about seven weeks already, and every every week has been like, it's been like, oh, we'll get back to you this week. We'll get back to you this week, and. Uh, that's not necessarily due to anyone's fault because like uh this week there's a there's like this this week and last week it was like uh they just got bombarded with a whole bunch of stuff that just came out of nowhere so yeah uh uh can't go dive i can't dive too much into that right now because like i don't know if they're releasing any of that information but uh but yeah i've been waiting i've been waiting still training and all that stuff because i wanted to i wanted to get a fight in may but now it's kind of like creeping up on May, and I'm like, I still haven't heard anything. So uh, I'm shooting for June, if anything. So uh, no names, no nothing as of right now. Uh, but yeah, still, still waiting to hear something back. All right. Well, I mean, I know you want to get back in there, maybe May, maybe June. But what if we did July, Adrian? What if we did July International Fight Week, UFC 276? And we do this fight that everyone seems to be asking for. Adrian Yanez versus Sean O'Malley. Everyone seems to want it, Adrian. This is a very popular pick. Is this even being discussed right now? Is this a fight that, that you think could happen? And if so, what are the chances that it would happen? Like if I gave you a scale on a scale of one to ten, what are the chances that you think your next opponent will be Sean? Oh O'Malley? man, that's I would say that's probably not it's not high because it's not <laughs> high because, man, yeah, it, I don't think the UFC wants to do that fight right now, like, if that makes sense. Because he asked for it, we've asked for it, and it's just not the direction that I don't think they want to go as of right now. Because, yeah, <laughs> every, 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 every talk to my manager, Sean, he's, Sean Shelby's like, oh, he's asking for it, you know. And my manager's like, yeah, we're not scared of that. We can sign that fight right now. But they're like, no, we want to continue to build each other. So I'm like, all right whatever but also i'm not gonna also they're not giving me the option to renegotiate the contract if i fight if i fight o'malley because i know that that fight is going to bring bigger bucks so i would need more money for that but yeah it, i don't i don't see that being as a big possibility right now i uh, i would want it but it's still all up in the air with everything all right well if you had if you had your druthers in a realistic world, who do you think you'll end up be fighting? Like, give me a couple of names who you think would kind of fit that mold right now. Man, I have no idea. Like, I because it, it, if I had the option to choose anybody, it would probably be someone like Julio Arce because I know he's going to bring it. Like, I know he's going to. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. I would like that fight. Uh, honestly, and probably someone like I know it's kind of out of my out of my range a little bit right now, but probably someone like Sangi Dong as well because. I feel like we just it just be instant fireworks. So I I would want something like that. What about Chris Gutierrez? No, that'd be fun. All those fights are fun. Anybody, almost everybody who's mentioned mentioned a name is always a fun fight, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm down for that too. Like I'm not saying no to anybody. All right, last thing before you let you go. Some other callers are coming in, and I'll let you enjoy listening, and you could be the celebrity hanging out, but. Uh, we had a fighter on the show once before. He was His name is Ally Quinta, and he brought this up. And this has been a big topic of discussion. I will say this personally. I don't care, but I'm curious to get the fighter perspective on this. 
Open scoring, yay or nay, and why? Yay. Just because if you're you may be you might think you're winning a fight, but then all of a sudden the judges come out and you're like, they don't know what the hell they're looking at. It just makes it be like, oh, they think I'm losing this fight, so I gotta go out there and put on a better performance instead of like some fighters, I don't personally think like this. I wanna get the finish every single time, but some fighters they're like, Oh, I won the first two rounds, let me coach. Then they go out to the decision, they end up losing. So it's like, all right. Like whenever I fought Davy Grant, I would have kicked it into another gear if I found out another judge was giving it like two uh gave uh Davy around like two rounds and all that stuff. I would have pushed it up another notch, you know, try to hit that little gas tank a little bit further. It's like to put heavier shots. So I would yeah, I would love I would love open scoring, just see what judges are thinking and yeah. I think it'd be I think it would be a good addition, but you know, it's it's fine the way it is right now, but open scoring would probably kick it up a notch. There you go, Helwani. You got another fighter on your side. Adrian, you are the man. We are excited for uh when that date comes around and opponent D- TBD, whoever that is, you know it's gonna be a fun one. So Adrian, I appreciate you jumping on, my man. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. All right, there he is, the great Adrian Yanez. Amanda Watch in just an absolutely insanely deep division, 135 pounds. We're going to take two more. And we're going to get on out of here. Uh, Jay Gabru or Gabru. I don't know. Hopefully I got it somewhat close. Jay, how are you? Just make sure you're on mute. Hey, what's, what's up, up Mike? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. So I usually always miss the eight o'clock show. Cause uh, I actually got class, but I'm finally making it to this one. And, uh, I wanted to say first with, uh, Aljamain Sterling, uh, I was rooting for him the whole time, and I wanted him to win, and I'm happy he won. But I think right now, because with the recent comments he made with like about Big John, I think he should kind of take it down a notch because he's trying. He's making it seem like he won every single round and like he dominated the fight, but it was actually a really close fight. And so I think he's still getting a bit offended, and he's like backing himself up, which he has the right to do, and he should definitely. Uh, he should definitely go over the belt, and but I think he should kind of realize that it was a pretty close fight, and he gave up the two rounds. I just wanted to make that comment because uh, after what he said about what Big John made was said about him, and I also wanted to bring up I never got to see Jose Young's uh, Alexio Linux 60th win like poster or wallpaper thing. I never got to see it anywhere. Do you know where that's at? <laughs> It's on. Uh, it's probably on Twitter and Instagram. So if you go back, you might have to dig a little deep to find the sixty wins on, on Twitter, Instagram. If you go on MMA Fighting's Instagram, you should be able to find it. But that thing was launched and fired, and I think I quote tweeted it because it was it wasn't just a victory for Jose Youngs; it was a victory for us all. And we really wanted Jose to have that win because he made that graphic. God, fourteen months ago, maybe, maybe a little more, and he and he finally got it out there. So I was very happy for. For him and happy for Alexi Olenek and for all of those involved in the 60 win graphic. So, and then with the Aljamain Sterling thing with Big John, I disagree with you. I love everything Aljo's doing. If you say something and he sees it, he's getting after you. And I love every bit of it. And Big John came out and said, oh, there's no way he won that first round. Go back and watch that fight again, Big John. Go back and watch it again. Watch that first round twice. Watch with the sound on, and then watch it with the sound off. I know that you are a, 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 a focal figure in, in the rules and scoring and refereeing and all, all of that. I get it. But 
the more I go back and watch that round, the more I feel like Sterling won it. And maybe John has better knowledge of this game than I do. But to go out and say that there's no chance, there's no way Sterling won that first round, I think you're crazy. I think you're a little crazy, Big John. All right, let's try this one more time with Mikey Bats. Can we make it happen? If not, Tim, we go to you for the final word. The wheel is spinning. Can we make it happen? Can Mike and Mikey get after this thing? Mikey, are you there? And the silence says no. We'll try again, Mikey. Wake up tomorrow morning. We'll make it happen. All right, Tim. Final word, my man. Mike, what's going on? What you got? How are you, sir? Not bad. Um, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on something, and it's not super relevant with the fights that have happened recently. But I hear a lot of talk about what's next for Dustin Poirier. Um, I know for the longest time it was him and Nate Diaz going back on Twitter. That kind of seems to be dead for whatever reason. It doesn't seem like the UFC wants to make it. Um, and now I hear some things which kind of pointing to the quadrilogy, I guess, with Connor. I also saw someone say recently on Twitter that they'd like to see him and Gilbert Burns at 170, which I think would be awesome. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts on like what you would like to see next and what you actually think is going to happen next for Poirier. I, that's a that's a big question right now. I mean, I don't really know. I think if I know they're saying the Nate fight is is dead in the water. I'm not willing to to go that route. I would say it's like 75% done. Because who knows? Nate Diaz is uh is just an interesting figure. He might just have his manager call the UFC tomorrow and be like, hey, if you pay me this amount of money for each fight. I'll re-sign for four more fights. They'll just give him the Dustin fight like the next day and put it on the books. But man, this is tough. I, I think it will end up being the Connor one. I, I know they, they want to try to do Connor Nate three. I don't think either guy would honestly be all that interested in that right now. It'd be a big money fight, but you have two guys close to the end of their contract. They're going to want to try to book, book that fight themselves, do it outside of the UFC you could do an MMA fight, you could do a boxing fight, and they would just do massive, massive numbers, make massive money, and those two get to keep all of it. So there's a very good chance we see that happening down the road. I think the UFC will try to make a play to make that fight happen, but I don't think it will. So, yeah, I think they'll probably just do Poirier McGregor, depending on when he's ready to come back. If he's ready to come back in, like, I don't know, if it's sometime this summer, August, very possible. Even Poirier on Twitter is like, yeah, I think that's what the UFC is going to try to do. And if you're Dustin Poirier, what are you going to do? Say no to main eventing a card against the biggest star in the sport after you know you have his number right now, after finishing him twice in a row. And I would favor heavily Dustin Poirier to win a third fight. If I'm Dustin Poirier, if that's what the UFC wants, then you wait. Then you wait and take that fight, get that win, get that rub. Get that money, son. Get that money. All right. That is it, everybody. Mikey Bats, he tried. And I don't know what happened. But maybe we'll try again tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. Heck of a morning. Live right here on the MA Fighting Twitter spaces. And as soon as this ends, I'm going to put this right up on the podcast network. And then Jed Mishu and I, we're going to record a little roundtable-ish edition of BTL. We'll get that going, recapping UFC 273, talking about the cards 
this weekend for Bellator, for the UFC, and all the comings and goings in this crazy sport we all love so much, mixed martial arts. So thank you all for jumping on. Big shout out to everyone who jumped on and gave their thoughts and gave their opinions. Big shout out to Adrian Yanez for jumping in for a few moments to give us an update on what's going on with him. So I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. Have a heck of an afternoon, everybody. Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.